Hello, people of the internet. Welcome to Developer Side Quests, the podcast, the show that reminds us that we're all leveling up in our own special way. I'm your party leader, Al Rodriguez, and today we're chatting with another player character, Heather Wilde. Hi, Heather. Hello. How's it going today? Good. How's it going with you? Yeah, pretty good. It's a nice, nice day. So uh, let's kind of go through your bio. So Heather is a noble high elf spending most of her time using her charisma wherever possible and has leveled up her leadership skills to get the job done as a CTO. Most recently, she's been leveling up her AWS Lambda skills and fine-tuning her Beat Saber skills on the PlayStation VR. You can find her hosting the Entrepreneurial Revolution column at Inc. Magazine and on Twitter at Heather Heatheriel. How, how do I pronounce that? Heatheriel. Heatheriel. Okay. <laughs> I probably should have asked you uh, before that. All right. <laughs> That's fine. All right. So uh, tell us, so so what's what was your side quest? What, what did you uh, spend your, your free time working on to learn something new and, and all of that? Uh, so um, I, uh, I have a, a lot of side quests as entrepreneurs, um, <laughs> but um, uh, as a recent quest, um, I've actually started working on uh, a company uh, called TWIP. Um, which is uh, travel with interesting people where I got to create a psychographic matching algorithm um, and create a patent for that. So that was, uh, that's pretty cool. Like becoming a a named patent uh, inventor, which is something that I've always wanted to do. Um, And uh, psychographics are, uh, are cool um, because you get to understand the motivations of people as opposed to their demographics of just like, age rank and serial number so it's it's really like the the noble high elf and charisma versus like the stats of a person so so taking that uh, taking a person's player stats and and figuring out why they want to travel okay so that's that's really cool so so first off psychographic that that's just a cool word on its own i think <laughs> <laughs> uh, so can you what what exactly is a psychographic matching algorithm like what like so, if you were to just you know give the the, the dumbed down version yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um so a matching algorithm in general is uh anything that um you take data in uh of any kind uh so like say you have one person one thing and you uh, compare it to something else. And uh, so for example, Tinder is the easiest way to describe this. So um, every time you see a picture on Tinder, if you swipe left, um, then uh, you're, you're feeding data into the system of this is, this is a match or this isn't a match. Um, And then um, so their algorithm is learning over time what pictures to show to you. So um, a psychographic matching algorithm is uh, understanding why a person would swipe left or right before they do it. Oh, that's really cool. So you're kind of trying to get that information just just before the, the person is doing that. So yes, that's really cool. <laughs> All right. So what uh, what exactly made yours different? So you you were able to you know, make this, I guess, uh, unique enough to get a patent on it. So what, what made yours different from, I'm assuming many others uh, out there? Yeah. So the, the interesting thing about ours is, um, because any, the, well, as you said, every patent needs to be unique. So, um, what we found was that no one had, uh, had tried to, to do this in relation to, why people travel. So um, what we noticed um, on my team is that 
um, everyone has a specific behavior that uh, a specific motivation of why they they travel, whether it's for vacation, whether it's for um, business, um, it doesn't matter why they're doing it on that layer, but where they go, like what kinds of places do they want to go and what they're doing when they get there. And, um, and those, those things bring them back over and over and over again, um, to the same, same types of, of trips and with the same types of people. So for example, if you are someone that likes to travel, uh, to fish concerts, then you definitely fit a certain uh, type of of personality type. You have the same kind of motivations. You're you're gonna hop into a VW bus and travel across the country and 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 go to like ten or thirteen of their their concerts every year. You know that's that's definitely different than the person that that is gonna be sitting on. Uh, the beach in Bali, uh, meditating. Um, so what we wanted to do is, uh, figure out a way to make sure that those two people don't get stuck on the same, uh, trip if they, uh, wanted to, cause there are, there are things like group travel where, mm-hmm. where you, where you like, you're only one person or maybe two and you, you go on a group trip for a week or or two with complete strangers. And, um, when you're stuck on a bus with these people for a week and you all hate each other, it's a terrible trip. But if you're, you're with these people and you like them, then it becomes, you become lifelong friends. So, um, if you've got the fish, uh, concert goer with the, uh, meditator for the week, it's probably not going to be a good time. They're probably going to be on each other's nerves all week. But how do you know that ahead of time? So that's that's really what we tried to to figure out. Wow. So so that's actually super cool. Uh, just kind of setting up travel so that way the people in you know in the the bus or whatever you're you're traveling in uh, have a better chance of liking each other. That's a. I I really hope that that ends up in a lot more a lot more things sooner. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, so that, that's the basis of the patent. And we actually can apply it to um, all, all sorts of things that don't even have to do with actual traveling and trips. Like, we can help. Um, I mean, of course, we're a company that has to make money. So um, we can help even people like uh, Coca-Cola use it to create better ads so that again, that person in Bali, uh, will, will have a better ad experience with Coca-Cola and be more likely to buy, uh, probably like a Fiji water or whichever one Coke sells Dasani, I think, um, because they're going to get those correct ads, you know, cause, cause Coke is going to know that this person has that travenality, like has that personality layer. Hmm. All right. So, so a uh, wide, wide range of uses for this. All right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's the key to any real successful company. It can't just, it can't just be one thing. Um, and, and yeah. <laughs> All right. So this was your first patent you said? So it's the first patent that I'm named on. I've I've contributed to others, but you can only have a certain number of in, named inventors on each. So I'm I'm pretty proud of uh, 
of this that I'm the first named inventor on it. Oh, well, congrats. That's I'm I'm sure that that feels great, right? A nice warm uh, feeling. It 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 is, especially since um when I when I submitted it, I found out that um less than I think 4% of all patents are submitted with uh, a a woman as the number one like as the primary inventor and um this one has uh it's two women inventors and uh it's as it's a tech uh a tech patent that lowers it even more because a lot of the patents that women file are for um uh like products like um i don't know if you've seen the movie joy uh but it's usually their util- utility patents for for products to make things better so it's it's an unusual thing so it's it's pretty cool oh well, yeah well Virtual high five. Like we're not in the same room, <laughs> but I would high five you here if if I had a chance. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah. So so what what was that process going through for for getting a patent on something like this? Is it, I mean, it was was this much different than other times when you've kind of gone doing patents? Because you're, uh, I, I'm guessing you're much more involved with this one because you were named on it. Yeah, so so it's um it's a similar process for for all of them and and it hasn't been granted yet. Uh, it's in the process of going back and forth, but um uh it it will be granted uh, in the future. Um so what happens is the first thing you have to do is find out has anybody uh ever done this before? Is there anything like it out there? Is it unique enough? And um once once you've done that initial search, which takes takes a while, um then you get to writing it, um, and it's and there's you have to do drawings and figures and um, and write the abstract for it and a whole bunch of uh, um, descriptions of the method that you are using in in both detail and as vague as possible, <laughs> so that like. <laughs> the patent office kind of knows what you're talking about enough to patent it and protect you, but not so um, directly that people can copy it. It's, it's a real fine line. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I've, I've uh, looked into the patent process once before, just out of curiosity. And it's, it was definitely one of those, uh, here's a, a bunch of uh, kind of upfront paperwork sort of thing involved and uh that's well to to get a little honest here that's one of those things that just kind of scares me immediately but uh (laughs) (laughs) well so um a friend of mine uh who's a lawyer he actually teaches a class for people who want to do it themselves um i i don't uh i don't recommend uh like if if you're if you're wanting to file a patent for yourself i would question uh, your sanity, because there's a lot of going back and forth. Um, and like, especially over the years, because it, it, it takes quite a few years generally, um, during the whole process. But, um, when, uh, when you're going back and forth with the patent office, uh, for every little question that they have, um, that's, that's really when you want to have a lawyer by your side to, to handle that for you. Oh, so it's, it's definitely the kind of process where, um, no one would do it unless you're definitely getting paid to do it kind of things. Uh, or you have an ego where you, you want to say that you've done this. I mean, I, there, there's so many, um, like there's so many things that I could protect 
in this particular project that I'm doing, but this is like, this is the only thing that I think we really need to. Um, and in most of my companies, I don't even bother. So it just, it, it you really need to, to sit back and, and think, do I have something that should be protected because it's a real pain to go through this process? And, um, is it something that I can even defend if I get the, the patent? So, um, yeah, that it's, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, a lot of people think that, oh, if I spend the money and get the patent, then I can just license it out to people and, and, uh, then it'll be uh, like, I'll make money that way. And that's just not how it works. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, I'd, I'd never thought of it from, from that perspective before. So basically like as a business, you're, you're kind of hedging your bets and debating like, is this, is this thing worth it enough to go through this whole process? And you're, you're not going to do it for everything, but just pretty much just the, the things that are, are that important. Okay. Yeah. So what, when you're, I guess when you're designing something like, like this, uh, psychographic, uh, matching algorithm, um, how how do you go about creating this? Like, is there like a uh, technology that you use specifically, or is this uh, something else? Like, what what's involved with with making that? So it it started out with um, with actually meeting people in person and talking to them, and that's where you should always start. You should always start with market research. Um, and for years, uh, we actually were just matching people together by hand. And, uh, there's a term for this, uh, nowadays, which I really like, it's called wizard of Oz AI. <laughs> um, so just don't look at the man behind the curtain kind of thing where, um, we were, we were the MVP. We were, um, ha- talking to people and then matching them up just based on their personalities or what we thought they were. And then the second step was, um, on taking all the data that we had gathered from doing that and creating um, individual bu- psychographic buckets, like we we had ten individual travel personalities that we had had identified, and then we had to create um, a way to define them. So not only did we um, did we identify these like that that these people fell into ten different distinct buckets, but, um, what really made them distinct. And then, then the next step was how do we, um, extrapolate or how, how do we tell that other people are that if we're not talking to them, um, if we're not having these one-on-one conversations with them. So it was creating an assessment to, to do that. And, and, um, so it was a multi-step process. And then through that, um, we were then able to apply the, uh, the learnings from that into creating an algorithm to then match people without us manually doing it. So having a feeding all that data into a computer and, and having it spit out the answer. Wow. Okay. That's uh that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a multi-year process. Oh, oh, I bet. I, I uh, love that phrase that you used at the beginning, the uh, Wizard of Oz AI. I, I need to start using that with more. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, so when, when you were going through that whole process, like what, what did you learn uh, about it? And, and it could be, you know, anything really. Like what, what, 
really jumped out and surprised you uh, as far as either just doing this for a business or creating the algorithm, you know, everything involved? What was what, what did you really take away yourself? Uh, the main thing that I took away from doing this is that, um, kind of like I said before, you don't do, you don't go for a patent. You don't go for doing this kind of thing unless you really believe in why you're doing it because it's not, it's not going to be for money. It's not going to be for fame. It's not going to be for any of that. It's, it's, it's a lot of work and, and you you really have to have something uh, that you believe in strongly enough to to stick by for for years of your life. Um, so if if I wasn't sure that this was that we had something here, then I wouldn't I wouldn't be uh, pulling my hair out to do it. All right. So. Um- Last thing I do kind of want to bring up. So you're running or starting a uh, a conference called AntarcticConf that's uh, going to be running in January of next year in 2020. Yes. Yeah. So so tell me about that because this sounds really interesting. <laughs> yeah. So in case you haven't caught on to the travel theme, um, I uh, I really love love travel. It's it's um it's a good side quest for me in general. Um, I. I've been a gypsy kind of all my life. And the one place that I haven't been yet, one continent I haven't been yet is Antarctica. And, um, I usually sit around and wait for people to invite me places. Um, because, uh, I, I have so much other, I mean, it just gives me a new excuse to go somewhere, but no one was asking me to come to Antarctica. I don't know why. Um, so, uh, I decided, well, if no one's going to ask me, I might as well just go myself. And then I started talking about it and a whole bunch of other people felt the same way. So, um, my uh, partner and I, we were like, okay, well, we might as well just throw a conference there because it'll, it'll give people a reason to go, um, and they can use it as a business expense. Um, so they, uh, so we, we threw together a, a landing page, like an MVP, uh, at first to see if people would be interested and within um, two days, we had over 300 people sign up on our mailing list uh, saying they were interested. Um, so we were like, okay, well, I guess we're doing this. And so what we did was we found a ship that had a good, a cruise ship that had a good itinerary. Uh, we contacted the ship and we said, we'd like uh, some, we'd like to use a conference room on the ship to, to run a conference. And they're like, hey, that sounds cool. And, uh, then as a test, cause I always QA everything I do before I do it. Um, I, we went on a, uh, the sister ship of the one we picked to Alaska, um, to, to just test it out to see if this would work, um, for, uh, for, for the purposes we were trying to do. And, um, everything went off on that one without a hitch. So then we, uh, we announced it and now in January, we're we're bringing. I mean, we've got about uh, I think like forty five people right now that we're taking down to Antarctica for uh, for this conference. <laughs> cool. So I guess if you've never been there, you might as well show up and bring friends, right? Yeah, yeah, and 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 uh, we're using the uh, TWIP algorithm as well to match up people that uh, don't have roommates that need them. So like, there's there's a couple of people that. 
are traveling by themselves and on a, on a cruise ship, uh, like everything's based on double occupancy. So you need two people in a cabin unless you really want to pay for the cabin on your own, like a the two-person cabin for yourself. But it's a 16-day cruise. So if you want to be stuck in like a tin can for 16 days with somebody that you don't know, you better it better be a good match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That could end badly if it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. And, and, uh, how can people get uh, tickets to this or is it, is it too late? Uh, so, uh, the, the ship is almost sold out. So, uh, what they, basically what we're doing is we're running the conference itself for free, uh, with the barrier to entry of get yourself on the ship. <laughs> so if, if, if you are there, uh, on this ship while it's running, um, which is the Coral Princess, uh, the January 5th, 2020 sailing, um, if you are on the ship, then you can come. So we'll ha- be happy to see you there. <laughs> and um, and uh, there's a, there's a uh, you can go to antarcticonf.com. Uh, remember the extra C in there. Uh, and uh, you can find all the information about that. And uh, there's a page for registration if you do uh, get a cabin so we can know to add you to the list. Hey, that sounds great. And we'll go ahead and have a link to that in the show notes, too. So uh, anyone listening, go ahead and pull that up on your phone or whatever it is you use to to listen to podcasts and you can at least find the link there. So um, I guess uh, I guess we're pretty much at the end here. Uh, if you want to uh, uh, mention any last things, where can people find you online, et cetera, et cetera? Anything, Heather? Uh, so mainly just um, I am... Uh, I'm always writing, um, I have a, a weekly column, as you mentioned on ink, uh, com, uh, and I am available on Instagram and, and Facebook and, and Twitter, and I'm happy to answer questions for people. So I'm, I'm reachable. Well, great. All right, Heather, I wish you luck in your future quests and hope to have you back someday to show off all the cool loot you've plundered since then. Uh, <laughs> uh, until next time, everyone, you can find this show on Twitter. We are at DevSideQuests, or you can find our website. We are DeveloperSideQuestPodcast.com. And if you could rate this show on whatever pod listening enchantment you subscribe to, please do so. All feedback is welcome. Now go work on a quest. <laughs>